ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Paula Quick, welcome to ATV Talk. How are you on this fine evening? I'm good. How are you, Ben? I'm doing great. I just uh, been getting a little a little nervous talking to someone that does something a little out of my realm that has won as many championships as you have, and uh, you know I, I don't know much about some of the TT stuff. I would like to know more. Um, I've engaged with with many of the guys that that do do it, um, but it's still a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Uh, when I was Doug Eichner's mechanic and we were racing the nationals, we raced, raced motocross and TT. But you know, we won the open class, but we never won the premier class. Not when I was Doug's mechanic doing it. Um, we got on the podium a few times, but the TT set up something special and. Um, I don't. I I haven't spent enough time yet to master it. Um, I wouldn't say I've mastered the setup. Um, I don't think I ever will. I honestly don't think anybody um ever will. It's honestly how you feel on the track and what's working for you and how you can handle your bike on the track as opposed to what conditions you have, whether it's wet or dry slick. Most of the times, dry slick. Um, other times it can be a little tacky. It just depends on the time of the day of the track, whether it be during the hot sun or in the evening when it starts, the moisture starts coming up through the track. So, um, it's a learning game for me still 32 years into it. Um, I started racing motocross when motocross and TT was together back in the day. So, um, going back from motocross and to TT, TT was fun. It was a learning experience and it still is. I like motocross side of it, but I also like the TT side of it, more of the high speed. Um, so as you as you progress in, you know, for lack of a better word, as you progress in age, do you find yourself <laughs> enjoying the TT more than the motocross? I do. 
Yeah, I do. I enjoy the TT more. I don't, I guess you have to work at it. Obviously you have to work at anything you do. Um, and you need to train, but obviously you don't have to have the complete endurance you have to for motocross or ITT. It's a little easier on your body as you get older. Um, you don't bounce back as quick, obviously, but so yeah, I do. I prefer the TT over the motocross. I've never been a huge jump person. So it's always taking me a long time to get into the groove with jumping. So that's why I've catered more to liking the TT side of it. When I was reading about you, did you start TT first and then go motocross or was it, or was it motocross first and then TT? Motocross first, then TT. Um, I started, my brother started racing when I was little. And when I was about nine, my dad had bought me a 50 growing up. But when he started racing, I had decided I wanted to start racing. So we did motocross from nine years old, probably to I was 14, 15, 16 years old, just motocross. And then we got into the circuit of the motocross and TT together. And what year did you transition to just straight TT? Oh, I think it was around 2006, something like that. I, whatever, I can't remember whatever year they split the TT was that 2006 Maybe two thousand no two thousand one was it? it was I can't early. remember exact. But I raced motocross for the next year or two, and then I transitioned um, completely over to TT after that. Really, and so. and the this is where we're going to need you to fill in a couple of the blanks because I don't know the extreme dirt track series is no more. Correct. And what's the premier series now? It's the new East um, extreme dirt track series ran by uh, Sean Robinson, the EDT channel. It's not AMA sanctioned any longer. The AMA doesn't have a series any longer. They got out of it. Um, so it's, it started out as the extreme dirt track back in the day, the AMA sanctioned it as the years progressed, it just worked into where they may got out of it. Wasn't, I guess they weren't getting the exposure they liked. I don't know, but, um, the AMA sanction got out of it. So now it's just the new East extreme dirt track series that they call it the NEDT. And how many States do you guys cover? Uh, let's see, Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, Michigan, North Carolina. Um, I was trying to think where else we've been to. Basically, the east side of the United States. We've been out to Minnesota one time with uh, Daryl had hosted a race. So, but we mainly stick to the east side of it. It made the NEDT started a lot as a northern series, meaning Pennsylvania, New York, as that spectrum. And then it branched out more south and out west a little bit that's pretty awesome that it's still going and everything everything has a high and a low they used to have a lot of uh circle track stuff on the west coast and they may still it's just not as talked about you know a lot of the guys that used to do it out here don't do it anymore and when you get out of the circle 
it, it's almost hard to get back in. Yeah, I mean, circle track out here is it's minimal too. even getting to ride at tracks. It's hard to find anymore with granted the sports growing. It's just trying to find the place to go where a tracks embedded or already done as opposed to building it the weekend before the race and racing that weekend in the track falling apart. So it's hard to find tracks now, but the tracks we do find, um, are working out well obviously we go to pine lake this weekend which is the you know the the novel tt um of all time so i think this is year 52 where we head to this uh this weekend of being there so I love that place. I mean, I don't think we've ever had real success there um like I'd like to have but it, it, it's it means something when you go there yeah it's family oriented it's still run by family it's an awesome facility um i'd have to second the whole thing about not having um, i mean not having great experience you know luck whatever you want to call it um but it's a horsepower track so with the machines these days um it's definitely it's definitely going to be a test with the CRFs coming out and the ones still running the Hondas. So it's definitely going to, it'll test um, who can basically hang on longer before they break. <laughs> so you don't have production rules? Um, no. Our pro class is um, production, but they allow CFRs. Most of all the other classes are all um, open. Women's is an open class. Um, as a, you know, obviously the little classes are what they are. But yeah, I mean, anymore, there's really not a true production class. There's a pro-am production class. That technically is just a 450. So with the, but it's a um, Hoosier spec. So you have to run Hoosier tires to run it. So that's really the only, I guess, true production. The pro is production, but it has to, it has to be the 450. It can't go anything above. So it's a 450, it's a 450 class. It's a production motor, not a production chassis. Correct. So yeah, obviously. The motor in your, in your four Yamaha chassis or your Suzuki chassis or your whatever. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of where the um, where it's going. I think with motocrosses too, along with the TTs, um, buying that 450 motorcycle and putting it into a 450R frame. Um, like I said, the CRF has a little bit more horsepower out of the gate as opposed to a standard 450. <laughs> so, what what do you ride? I have a 450 Honda. I don't have a CFR. So have you ridden other models? I have not ridden one, no. Just um, ridden your TRX 450R. Correct. We've talked about it. We just, um, at this point in time, at this point in, I guess you want to call life, being 40 years old, um, just... Stay where the Honda is and see where it goes. You don't think that's old, do you? 
<laughs> That's funny because when my birthday came around, I told my husband I don't have birthdays anymore. <laughs> well, on the West so. Coast out here, we got a guy named Rick Ellsworth. He races off road in the A class in the 60s, and he's in his 60s. Wow. I hope to be doing that. That would be awesome. Yeah. And he's had some horrific injuries and he just keeps bouncing back. I don't know. <laughs> I'm 55. I'm, I'm going to be 55 this year. And I'm like, you know, there's some days I don't want to get out of bed. Uh, yeah. I laugh. Cause sometimes after the weekend, I'm like, um, muscles hurt more than they usually did in the past. Um, I guess that must be a sign. <laughs> right. Right. You also mentioned, and you'll have to correct me on the year, um, about you were racing and then um, had a baby. Yes. Yeah, so I, uh, my daughter's three, she'll be four um, in November. Um, so in, she was born in 2017. So yeah, I got pregnant in 2017, February, um, had her in November. So I probably raced half the season. Um, then I hung it up. Um, and you know, my husband's still right. He races a little bit here and there. So we still hung out, helped at the races and still went, but had her in November and now she's three. Um, she'll be four. So hopefully next year, maybe, um, we can get her out there. You were reading my mind, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. So she has a 50 already. So she got it. We got it a couple of years ago. We've been planting the seed. Um, so she's, she, I will say she's a daredevil. So, <laughs> well, she's watching mom, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's pretty awesome. You guys started a family late. Yeah. I got married. I got married um, 2016. Um, and then we had her in 2017. So, um, we always said if it didn't happen, then, uh, we weren't going to have any, um, my husband has two kids from a previous marriage. So I have two other daughters too. So, um, we have a family of five, so we're pretty busy. That's, that's awesome. Uh, if you don't mind me asking the ages. Um, obviously Hensley's three, uh, Bella is 12 and Ava is 15. Wow. Yeah. I all girls? All girls. <laughs> oh. And two girl dogs. So he's completely outnumbered. How is uh um how is your husband? Is he okay? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. He, you know he can reach out anytime he needs help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says we can start a men's group if he needs, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny when we were having my daughter. Um, he was like, Hey, can we can before she was even born? He's like, Hey, do you think we could try for a boy? I was like, Let's get through this pregnancy and then we'll decide. <laughs> um, but I was like, A family of five, we've got enough right now. So, no, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I have five grandsons, and a grandson. uh, yeah. And a granddaughter. So there you go. My poor daughter is outnumbered because her husband and three boys. 
you know, I know we're supposed to be talking about ATVs, but I love talking about family at the same time because the ATV industry is a big family. And exactly. So there's people that are listening to this going, that's our life. What happened? You know? Um, But my daughter just, it crushed her when the third boy was coming because she (laughs) she wanted that little girl so bad. Uh, sure. My husband always talks about, you know, wanting to have a boy, you know, out working on cars and doing this and that. And he's like, well, I guess I'm just stuck with the girls. They're just going to have to help me. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, you're right. ATV racing is family. We've, I mean, we've met, well, I've met some of my, you know, best friends with racing and still contact them today they still may not race but we're still in contact so it's very family oriented anybody needs something anybody needs help they're going to help you or you're going to help them it's just a way of a way of life do the older girls race um ava did at one time she kind of she liked it but she wasn't crazy about it so um they didn't really stick with it so Wow. That's, that's normal kids. You know, they may come back later, you know? They yeah, may. exactly. But the little one probably you hook her now. Oh boy. Oh boy. She's been going since she's been in my uh, belly. So we shall see. <laughs> that, but that's what the sport needs is we need way more of that. I mean, I, you know, we, you, in your, in your uh, bio, you, mentioned that you raced with Angela Moore and a couple of the other girls, Susan Parker. And, and if I'm forgetting somebody's name, please don't be mad at me. Uh, but I watched Angela as a young child running around in the dirt at the nationals. Oh yeah. I mean, her and I are, I think about the same age, but, um, I mean, I watched, I mean, grow look at Joel. Now I watched Joel Hetrick on a 90. I watched Heather on a 90. I watched all them. Like they were my idols. That's what I watched. That's what I was going. That's what I was looking forward to do to go race with. So, um, um, I mean, it's, I mean, the youth is the kids are where it's at. Um, and fortunately with TT right now, the kids classes are growing and that's awesome. It is. It is. Um, how do you guys promote the industry and the sport? Is it all from within or is it family based? Um, give me a little uh, information on that. Um, Sean Robinson promotes for, through the ED channel and the NEDT um, within within and then throughout the industry. Um, so he start he's basically a one-man show he has people that helps him out at the tracks and uh promotes it behind the scenes and at the races and then the tracks obviously run their own races so are they are you guys getting the youth from the what i'm trying to say is are they new youth coming in from people that didn't race or are they just siblings and and grandchildren of of former racers both um, there's a lot of new youth, uh, starting a lot of parents getting their kids involved. Um, there's some grandchildren, some, uh, you know, would be my daughter, um, hopefully next year, but there's a lot of new faces too. Um, you come to the races 
you see the normal, the ones that we have in the past, you know, in the years that we've been doing it, but you also see some very new faces each year. And uh, this year, especially, I feel like there's been a lot of new faces, which is great for the industry and great for TT. Um, it's been growing the past couple of years or more, and I hope it continues. Um, just like any of them, motocross or any of them, I hope they continue to grow. Well, we're trying to tell the story uh, on ATV talk so that we can reach as many people as possible. And I think that the work that everyone that I've talked to is doing is helping uh, from word of mouth to, you know, getting their friends involved or family members involved. Um, it's been an industry and a sport that's treated me very, very well. It's given me a life and life stories that um, I can talk about for hours. And I've, I've got to, I've been very blessed. I've got to do things that, that most people dream of. Um, and I hope that we get to pass that on to other young men and women, uh, in our country so that, or in every country so that they get to experience ATVs and enjoy them, whether it's recreational or racing. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I grew up, it was family, you know, grew up with dad and mom going to the races every single weekend, whether it be, we go away for the weekend or we race local, whether it's Friday and Sunday or whatever, you know. Just, I mean, I wouldn't know life without racing at this point because that's all we ever did. Um, we, you know, I wouldn't say we do as much now as we did, but um, there's more travel obviously now than there was back then. So, um, I mean, it. As long as so, you're having yeah. time, that's all that matters, right? Exactly. You enjoy it. You enjoy being there. When you don't enjoy it, that's when it's time. Maybe it's time to step back for a few and take a break or, you know, or whatever. But if you're not enjoying it, then something's wrong. I, I haven't been to a race since the end of 2019. And, um, I, well, I take that back. I got to go briefly this year for like an hour. I got to go to a race at Canyon, um, <laughs> Arizona in Peoria. I just, we just stopped by my wife was visiting family and we just stopped in and had to see some of the, the, the off-road family at works. Um, it was amazing. And I miss those people so much. I, I just miss the environment and, um, hopefully, hopefully we can get it back. Um, we're, we had some downs this year with family and, um, but, but we're working hard. I, I have, uh, for race builds that I'm working on for people. Um, maybe that'll lead back to me, the, the races, but, uh, yeah, I, I miss it. You know, when you travel to the races for 30 years and then abruptly stop, it's, it's culture shock. Yeah. You have to realize, well, what do I, what, what are we doing this weekend? You know, it's like, yeah, obviously there's other stuff to do, but when you're used to traveling every weekend or, whether it be every other weekend, um, it's a way of life. You're I'm I'm on Thursday, I'm looking around, I got the truck, I've got, you know, I'm out in the garage looking at everything and I'm going, uh, oh, wait a minute. I'm I'm not going anywhere tomorrow. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I guess I'm honey, what's on my chore list? What do I have? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's it's a little different for me now, but um, you, you know, uh, we're, we're we're making do, and and 
and going to do what we got to do to get back and or keep supporting it any way that we can. You know, that's the most. Yeah, I just I mean, I feel like. I guess some of the big, you know, sponsors have gotten out of it, Um, but hopefully more come back in and um, bring more of a, you know, more exposure that will help. We'll bring bigger sponsors and more help or whatever, you know, to make it grow even more or back to where it was. Um, I remember Loretta's having them having a hard time getting the motocross in in two days. the TTs right now, we race, we practice Friday. If it's an oval, we have an oval race Friday night. And then Saturday is the races as opposed to Pine Lake. It's obviously they don't have light. So it's two days. Um, but it's getting to the point there where they're having a hard time getting it in one day. Let me ask you this. Um, do you prefer night or day? Oh, that's not that's a good question. Um I prefer, I like night just because it's tackier. It's not dry slick. Um I like night if we weren't in it all day and all night, I guess you want to call it. So right now we start at eight o'clock in the morning and we go till we're done. Like you're in it all day long. So um you may race your heat race in the day when it's dry slick and then you race your mane when it's tacky and starting, you know, the moisture starting to come up in the track. So, um, I don't like the dry slick. No. Um, but I do like the night, but I'd rather it just be night as opposed to being itch. It's a long day. Put it that way. <laughs> well, what I like about the night stuff is when you, go back and you watch Mickey Thompson and the ATVs raced under the lights and their chrome and the glitter and the shine. And then you go watch a TT race with an ATV at night. That's its true environment. Yeah. You can do amazing things on a motocross in the woods and, and don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from that, but when you get 20 fast TT riders and the, the glitter and the, and the, glimmer of the parts and the sound uh i i don't think there's anything else like it for an ATV. yeah and there isn't but on the 50th at pine lake um bud brought in lights so we had um a program we had heats during the day but then he uh we had select classes that raced the night so they had the night program so that's when the pros and of course the women um it was a full gate so um it was it was fun it was fun to have a full gate to be out and it was it was good competition great racing um good exposure um i mean it was just a fun weekend all around and and that's what it's all about we we were talking about the different machines and you told me that you only rode the trx 450r do you hear anything and through the grapevine and through some of the people that you know in the industry, are you hearing any stirrings of any kind of maybes on any manufacturer other than Yamaha? No, I haven't heard anything. Um, and 
there's not very many Yamahas um, for TT. So um, very few, one or two maybe. So I haven't heard anything the for Honda, any of the manufacturers. The Honda seems still to still be the premier machine. Yes. I mean, I won my first LTR the first year it came out in 2006. Um, actually, that's what my husband writes now. Um, so, I mean, I won my first championship on it of my 10. Um, then I bought a rode a Honda to test it and I was hooked. So the Suzuki's are nice. They handle well. Um, do I say it? I will say probably Suzuki out handles Honda. It's just heavier. Um, but motor wise, um, I'd take the Honda in a heartbeat. So you've had, uh, ultimate success with the Hondas. Yes. You know, the, absolutely. In 17, did you win the championship or did you No. did you place on the box? Uh, I think I ended up like fifth because I stopped. I think it was fifth. I stopped racing in May and we go all the way into typically September. Uh, so um, our first race is April typically. So I had raced the April race. Um, we were in New York is when I um, announced it, which uh, so I, if I remember right, that might have been the second or third race. So. I didn't race very many races that year. So I just wondered how many I I, I want to know more, but like everything that you do, there's only so many hours, so much time to research everything. So I don't get all <laughs> the information that I would like to get. Um, I'm hoping that this will bring more and more people out to talk to me about TT. I've got to talk to Daryl Rath and his son, Tucker. Um, and that yeah. It was a great conversation. Uh, uh, good, good people right there. Very much so. And it's awesome to see her uh, battling with his dad. That's great. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better. I don't believe there is a father-son connection like that anywhere in the history of the industry that I'm aware of. I could be wrong. There, there could be a a historian out there that knows more than I do. Um, but I, I, I don't remember ever seeing it. No, um, probably no, I don't either. Um, not riding together like that. I will say, uh, true way racing my motor builder, his son, I mean, his son's race, um, they're younger, but they're younger and Tucker, but not, not back in the day. No you wouldn't have um, seen it. Most of the guys didn't start having kids in, in the ninth from the nineties until they were already done racing or at the end of their careers. Uh, not like some of the guys now that are young and are having kids. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it's a little different trend, you know, you're having yeah. kids racing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it works. You know, I'm not against it at all, but it's just different. I, I mean, I was, it a, is. I was a mechanic mostly for most of my career. I did race some when my kids were in their uh, 
just shy of teenagers. Uh, but um, I don't think anything wrong with it if you can work the family dynamic. I preferred motorcycle flat track versus ATV. Well, probably more so because I have motorcycle flat motorcycles that my dad has that are mm-hmm. flat track bikes. And we didn't have a quad that was set up. You know, we're in the desert, you know, I have desert bikes and motocross bikes. I don't have, um, traditionally don't have a TT bike. Um, and my brother had taken the Pikes Peak machine and not done anything with it. So I dug it out of the trailer and did a little maintenance and went and raced the flat track. Yeah. Um, I had, Oh, I was trying to think how long I did a flat track school one time on on the motorcycle. It was interesting just to see the concept on a motorcycle. I mean, it's the same concept, but, um, the, them teaching you how to lean and all that, it, it, it was interesting on the bikes. Um, it, it definitely, I will say it definitely helped a little bit in in the four wheelers. Um, cause it helped with the same concept, but it, it was fun. So you're a two wheeler, two wheeler, four wheeler gal. Um, I did two wheels all, you know, my dad always had two wheels growing up. So I did do two wheels at one time, but I just preferred to stay on four wheels. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't hurt it. You don't bounce as often as, as what you're trying to say. No, I mean, I, feel like I got hurt more on the two wheels. Um, I took more trees out on two wheels than I did on four. And I, how that's possible, I don't know, but I did. So I want to, I want to change it up on you a little here. I want to talk about your favorite place to go race, not Pine Lake, because everybody can pick Pine Lake. Um, Let's talk about some other places that you really enjoy to go race. I'll be honest. I wouldn't even say Pine Lake's my favorite. It's just out there. But um, I would say I honestly, my favorite track of all time was um, Tri-City Speedway in Franklin, Pennsylvania. Um, It was, it's a big track, big oval, big uh, TT track. And it was the first track um, I'd ever want to race at. So um Pennsylvania is my home state. I guess I could be a little biased, but um, that always comes to mind when talking about favorite tracks for me. Is there is is there another track outside of Pennsylvania that you that you like as well? Um, I was trying to. We live in Virginia now, so obviously we do a lot of local racing and stuff down here, here and there. Um, so probably from the south, tracks from the south. Um, one of my favorite down here is Kinston. It's a fairground. Um, it's not an oval, but it's a TT track built in a fairground. So, Can you explain to me how they prep the clay? And are all of them clay? Or is there something special they do to the non-clay place? Um, Kinston is a sand and clay mixture. All the ones down south have sand mixed in. Um, they just water it. Some of them, it, 
put soap or Dawn into it and then just use a heavy truck or a tire or a roller and just try to roll the moisture into the track. Um, obviously, the sun and the four-wheelers beat it out of it, but come the night, that's when the moisture come back up. So um, they just tried it back in the day, what, you would put uh, lime in it to try to keep the dust down but you can't do that anymore so um a lot of times they use the detergent the dawn now to try to keep it to get it to work into the track to keep the moisture does it does it keep the 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 groove and keep it from chunking as long as you don't keep watering over the groove um Unfortunately, a lot of times when the tracks water, they water over the groove and then it takes the groove away and then you have to get it back. So the the best way to water is just to water the dusty areas, whether it be the outside of the turns or um, part that doesn't have a blue groove started because once you water the blue groove, it kind of goes away for and then comes back and then keeps going away if you keep watering over the blue groove. Yeah, because doesn't it get kind of greasy then? Yes. So the first, yeah, race, really, it doesn't have a. The first race out on that surface really is not happy. No, you turn. Uh, you want to turn, but you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Type, sl- I've done that many a time. You slide off the track. So. Thanks, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Thanks for the help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you don't always like to be the first race. I know I did it because. Um, but you don't want to be, you know, to top five. Yeah. But not the first race. So you think the fresher the track in the evening, the better it is. Yes. By the night, the potholes and obviously nothing like motocross, but the holes are getting into the track and, uh, the ruts, they still get a little bit of ruts and stuff like that. And as the day goes on, the worse, the worse it gets and you really can't fix it. Cause even though you fix it, it's just gonna come back out as people keep riding on it. Doesn't the moisture coming up cause some of the surfaces to get like a roll in them? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it, we raced it. We raced in Pont de in France and it was almost like the ground moved because there was moisture in it. We had a beautiful blue groove surface. But when you walked on it, it was spongy and mm-hmm. the ground moved and you could, it started creating uh, highs and lows, you know, divots and, and, and breaking bumps, but they weren't harsh. They were rollers. It was all smooth, but it was the waviest track I'd ever ridden. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, um, so. the, I guess they extinguish or the tracks that are in place. A lot of times you don't get, you get that. Um, the ones like the new builds is when you get the holes and the bigger ruts and stuff and the turns come nighttime. And is it because they don't prep it correctly or the consistency of the grounds wrong? Um, I think a combination, um, you're better off to have some traffic on it to get it packed down. Um, and new tracks, a lot of times you don't get it packed down, um, to keep the good surface there and it just falls apart. Yeah. There's always something to learn about it. 
do you race many of the race, the classes with the with the men? Yeah, actually, up till this year, I rode pro am or pro am spec. Um, this year, I decided to run thirty five plus. Um, and well, I did, but now it's uh, thirty five plus pro class because all the pros that aren't racing pro am and pro anymore are now racing thirty five plus. So I got out of the pro am class just because you know, getting up there, trying to get man on my daughter into it and stuff like that. And getting back into the groove of things after I, after I had her, it took me a little bit to get back with my endurance and stuff. It was a lot harder than when I was younger. So, um, I got out of the pro-am class just to give myself a break to try to get my endurance more back up and you know, work more on the riding and stuff like that. But I found I'm riding with ex pros anyway. So <laughs> it's, but yeah. Does it, does it deflate you or makes you want to ride harder? I mean, I think it makes you want to ride harder. Um, I think it helps you. I think um, I've learned more. I learned, obviously the women are great and we've learned from each other, but I feel like you learn from the guys too. Um, did, and did, obviously they don't like being beat, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you, you learn a lot. You learn a lot from them. Did, did the other ladies follow you into those classes? Absolutely. Um, some of them ride a class, some of them ride B class, some of them ride, they have, uh, pro light, which is a step between a and pro am. Um, I, the year I had Hensley, I got my pro card, but, but. no, I'm not trying that yet. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so a lot of them do, they ride the women's class and then they'll ride another class, um, for extra you know, obviously extra. Um, at one time I rode three classes. Um, I think I rode a class women's class and pro-am, which was a lot, but it was fun (laughs) in my younger years. It was fun. So what are the age brackets of the gals that you race against now? Uh, 16. Um, I'm the oldest part. No, I, well, I'm the oldest consistent one through the series. There's other older ones that come out here and there, but yeah, 16 years old, all the way, all the way up. So are you nurturing those, those young ladies and teaching them or are they trying to push you out of the way? Both. <laughs> you're not, uh, they you're not want to win. Obvious, you know, they want to win obviously, but um they, you know, we teach each other and they, they learn, obviously they learn off of me too. So, um, we learn off of each other. So, but yeah, they want to push you out of the way. <laughs> so there's no respect for age and treachery, right? No. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that's pretty amazing uh, because you have a 15 year old and you're racing against young ladies that are, could be your daughter. Exactly. Yep. And is it yeah. pro or is it just women's class? It's just women's. 
we don't have a women's pro. It's just women's. Should it be, or is it all level skill levels in there? It's all skill levels right now. Um, if we had a lot, probably it could be split, but it's, it's all skill levels. It's anywhere from, a um, a 200, 400 girl racing, um, just to race with us to get time up to, you know, the four fifties. So. And we talked earlier about hybrids and you said that at this point in time in your life that you didn't feel that it was possibly necessary. Do you think that if the younger start coming out on hybrids and, and start making it a, a more difficult uh, time to race that you would put a hybrid together? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm at that point right now. Uh, Melissa built a hybrid this year. Um, Andrea, Andrea Creech, Chucky Creech's wife, she races. They have hybrids. Um, they're all there. Um, so we contemplated. I just, at this point, I don't know that I would do it. Are you chasing or being chased? Both. Okay. Can you elaborate <laughs> just a little bit for me? Um, so I would say uh the horsepower tracks I'm chasing. So the Pine Lake and the we went to Black Ankle for the first race in May. Um the non-horsepower tracks, um, I'm being chased, I feel like. Um, because you have to use your skill more than your horsepower. You have to be able to uh, handle the turns and jump the jumps or the little jumps that there are. And some tracks have bigger jumps than others, and some just have none at all and just turns. So um, I think it's a mixture of both. So so the series is pretty competitive. It sounds like the three of you are are swapping wins and and, and podium positions a lot. Um, yeah, probably top four, top five. Uh, Jess Reichman's doing great. Um, Andrea, obviously, Creech, uh, Melissa, Torsio, and then me. Um, so any one of us can win a race at this point. Um, it's a very competitive class. Um, a good group of girls, actually, a good group of women to race with. That's awesome. Are you guys all friends? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's, I mean, it, you have to ask because you just never know. I mean, I believe me, I, I understand coming through the years with the motocross and yeah, you are right there. Intense rivalries can happen one yes. touch at a time. I don't know if you watch uh, any other form of racing, but last weekend they had a big deal in F1 and um, beans that some road racing is more like some of your TT. If you touch wheels at the wrong time, it can be catastrophic for both parties. Yeah. I mean, I, we, um, I will, you talk about touching, um, Mandy, uh, Broidel, um, when she raced, we hit in at challenger and we both did flips in the air. So, um, it happens. You may not like them right away, but, it's on the track. It's racing. It happens. Um, so. <laughs> uh, 
I like that. I like that. What do you think the future holds and how much longer you think you're going to do it? I hope to do it as long as I can. Um, I hope to teach my daughter, obviously. Um, if she gets more into it, obviously I don't feel like that. I feel like I'll be, you know, taking a step back and letting her pursue it or, um, just backing off a little bit, but I hope to do it for, you know, as long as I can. So we, we'll see whatever my body allows. (laughs) Uh, Well, you're still young, so don't start thinking you're old. (laughs) Um, you're, you mentioned that your husband races off and on is he prefer to make sure that you are taken care of and that your machines are race ready and, and, um, everything you need is done. Is that why he doesn't race more or is it, is it just that it's your thing and maybe not as much of his? Um, I think both of it. So he, um, when I met him, he's more of a car person, drag racing, um, that spectrum of it. He didn't start racing until he met me. So he decided he wanted to try it. And I said, okay, you know, so I think he prefers more of the wrenching and helping and as opposed, he likes to ride, but he's not as competitive, I guess you want to call it. Does he bring an element to your, being a car guy, does he bring a different element to your chassis setups? Sometimes. No, not really. Um, I Sometimes I have to tell him this isn't a car. <laughs> so, um, he's, he's learned the hard way with some stuff. He's learned, you know, the big differences as opposed to, uh, being in the car, uh, when he met me, it, um, I appreciate and it helps him being a car guy, being able to help me work on it as opposed to just, you know, Hey, can you work on this for me? (laughs) You know, send it to the motor builder or whatever. Yeah. Can you, so yeah, it, it has its perks, but, um, him being a car guy didn't actually help him sometimes either. (laughs) Well, that's okay. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold it against the car guys. Uh, We we need them, you know? Yes. Uh, I know that there's some converts from ATV racing to the uh, car industry, uh, whether it be dirt or asphalt. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the individuals that that get taken to that world are sought after. I mean, as far as they they come looking for someone that's knowledgeable in in the ATV sport and take them I- into um, the the car industry for whatever the reason is. Um, mm for whatever their specialty is and what the knowledge they have. Um, I'm personally never wanted to be a car guy, so I would have probably turned them down if they ever came knocking on my door. I, yeah. If I, if you would ask me if I would ever married one, I would probably told you no, but I ended up doing it. So, (laughs) yep. And that's okay. You know, there's nothing against that. No. I want to thank you so much for coming on ATV talk. Oh, I, before I forget mutual friend, Randy Dinkins. Yes. How, how did you meet him? Um, I actually met him. He, I met him at the races. He started promoting races. Um, 
I raced with him obviously. And then he started promoting some races. So I started riding more of his stuff and then, um, rode some monster, uh, monster jams and stuff with him. So him and I have become pretty good friends, um, through the years when I, I guess when I moved to Virginia and started racing more down this way, this is where I, uh, when I met him. Um, so when he started promoting and we, you know, so we've gotten to be pretty good friends over the years. So, um, he's a good guy. He's been doing the monster jams for a long time. Um, and it, he, he's fun, fun to be around with fun, a good guy. So he sure can't talk, can he? <laughs> that he can. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody says, Oh, would you call Randy? Be ready to talk. <laughs> Yeah, he gave me a call. Yeah, you call. You don't get off the phone very quickly with him. That's for sure. So. <laughs> did he call you about this, or did he just text you? No, he called me. Nice. nice. I looked at the phone. I was like, "Why is he calling?" You know, because I mean, I talked to him, but I'm like, it was like nine o'clock at night. I was like, "Why is he?" So, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad he reached out. I really am. absolutely. Thank you so much and good luck with your career. And please don't start thinking you're old because you're still young and you still have <laughs> many, many miles under your belt. And I hope that your daughter follows your, the, the dream and uh, becomes a champion like you. Absolutely. Thank, thank you for reaching out. Thanks for calling. So um, it was good to talk to you again, <laughs> obviously from back in the day. So we're going to, um, or I'm going to reach out to you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.